28.7% of the population in Waco lives in poverty. Said another way, of the 124,805 people that call Waco home, almost 36,000 of them survive on an income that is at or below the federally designated poverty line. These are big numbers. But if you're not a part of that 28.7% or know someone who is, does a statistic really mean that much to you? One of our goals here at Mission Waco Mission World is to provide a way for middle-class people to help understand the issue of poverty in particular. That's Jimmy Dorrell, executive director of Mission Waco. Most of the urban ministry's work actually focuses on supporting individuals who are experiencing poverty. But there's one program specifically designed to engage middle-class people around this issue. So the poverty simulation was created uh, 27 years ago to become a weekend experience for middle-class people to go through poverty and understand it experientially. So for $60, people, many of whom are university students or members of church youth groups, can spend the weekend experiencing aspects of poverty. I can't disclose all the details of the simulation, but participants have to face challenges related to housing and food insecurity, for example. Poverty simulations in various forms are conducted across the United States to introduce and sensitize people to the issue of poverty. But some wonder how effective a simulation can be. Potentially gamifying this, it has some serious downsides. That's Dr. Mary McKay, director of New York University's McSilver Institute for Poverty Policy and Research. To learn more about the role these simulations can play in teaching people about poverty, I spoke to Dr. McKay and her colleague Gary Parker, deputy director of the institute. Though they see value in and commend organizations that seek to build compassion for those living in poverty through a simulation, they also caution that there could be pitfalls if this kind of exercise isn't handled carefully. The problem with these simulations is that it does turn poverty into a game. It's now a scavenger hunt. How are you going to find food? It's now a strategy game. How are you going to spend your resources? And additionally, you're thinking about it strategically and you're trying to be clever about it, but you're not experiencing the real-life stress that is put on you and your family from not having enough resources or just barely having enough resources um, to get by. And I, and I was telling Mary, you know, poverty is not an app. It's not something that you can play with for a while and then turn off and put in your pocket and forget about This is something that's happening from moment to moment in people's lives. I spoke with Doral about the limitations of the poverty simulation and also wondered whether or not it was voyeuristic. We want to always be sure that we don't mock the poor. Uh, and so we've had our folks that we work with that are poor in Waco make sure that they feel okay about this experience for those that come from the outside to, quote, be poor for a weekend. We know it's not the same. It's, you're never going to really understand poverty fully unless you're really poor. But uh, they validate the fact that they believe this is a great way for people who don't understand them to understand it. Darren Wallace, a college sophomore, participated in the poverty simulation in April as part of Doral's Poverty in Waco class at Baylor University. Before the group gathers for a debriefing session on the day's experience, Wallace describes a man who is homeless that he encountered during the simulation. You have the same situation that he has, so you can relate to him because you're hungry and he's hungry, and you can relate to him because you're walking and he's walking. Um, the, the social class gap is, is broken here. Yet when the simulation ends, class divides remain, and tens of thousands of people locally in Waco still live in poverty. We will really push hard 
that when someone leaves our weekend experience that they have two or three action steps set up and then we provide as much as we can some accountability to say after six months did you do what you said you were going to do. Doral hopes that the simulation exposes participants to the complexity of poverty and moves people away from a blame the victim mentality. Dr. Robert L. Hawkins, the McSilver Assistant Professor in Poverty Studies at NYU School of Social Work, sees the poverty simulation as a great first step for better understanding what it's like to live in poverty. Dr. Hawkins, whose recent work examines how to improve the lives of low-income families headed by single mothers, says that when it comes to poverty simulations, ideally the experience won't only be about money. Sometimes when we think about poverty, we think about people who don't have enough money. What people don't have when they are low income or when they, when they are in poverty, they don't have access to resources. So it's not just about money. Yes, money is a resource, but there's also access to good education, access to services, access to health care, access to opportunities that could help them leave poverty. So, so it's an access issue as well as a a pocketbook issue. While some might find urgency in the numbers with almost a third of Waco's population living in poverty, others may find compassion and a better understanding of poverty through a simulation. And though a simulation might not be perfect, those working on the issue of poverty seem to agree. It's a start. For KWBU, I'm Becky Fogel.